We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN. Featuring No Other Pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright. And Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it. What's going on, friends? It's Jimmy Mack again, one more time with my boy, Daniel Kuzer. This is no other pod. I'm so disheveled by what Sporting Kansas City has done this year. I forgot how we start our own podcast, so that's I, I usually interject with some <laughs> sort of excitement. I have no excitement to interject. There isn't, and they've thrown me so far off my game that I forgot that I usually say, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Other Pod. I started, and it went, and it is how it is, so yeah, welcome to 2023 Sporting Kansas City. That's all right, man. Uh, Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good. You know, technically, (laughs) technically, this is a victory pod. Technically, yes. We should be celebrating... We are advancing in a cup competition. Yeah, that and San Jose isn't, and Atlanta isn't. That's true. Like, there, there's a positive there, but there's this overarching dark cloud that like really hammers that midweek victory. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't feel good. It. I mean, you know, and we'll we'll talk about the the open cup game again. You know, against yeah. Tulsa Athletic, and and I think all of us took that game with a giant grain of salt, boulder of salt, knowing that it was against a team that had literally never played an MLS team before. Uh, but it was a win, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then, of course, as much as we don't want to, we'll talk about this Montreal game that um, went less than well, I would say, for a number of reasons. Uh, and there's there's much to unpack from that one and, and, and what it means going forward and, and, and what what fans can expect, what fans should do, what the responsibility of fans and supporter sections are. Lots to talk about. Uh, but first, my friend, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Ready to read this new review we got. Uh, we did We did get one. We got one. It's the it's the first less than five-star one we've gotten in a while. And I think, you know, it's, you know, people are mad about the sporting season. I get it. They're grumpy. Well, it's a two-star, by the way. They took, they put some effort into this. They put some effort. Two-star. We don't, we... 
I think we have what 250 reviews and our average is 4.9. So I'm 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 feeling pretty good. I think we're doing okay. I think when when 258 when these these little bitty ones stand out like that, it's like gotta tell you, buddy, I'm not losing sleep over it. All right, no, no but we uh, do. No we sweat. we from the beginning, six years ago almost, we committed to reading the reviews that we get on there. So gotta read them. So we'll do it. You want to take this one? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, boy. Uh, first of all, from Akas Dabas. I thought yep. they were trying to say coos for a minute. I was like, you get my name out your mouth. How, first off, how dare you? Then uh, you're in the title, bro. Jimmy needs help. No. I start thinking like, oh, bullet. Oh, is this a Jimmy attack? No, no. They say Jimmy needs help on this podcast. He wants to recast this show. Uh, or she, I don't know. This person says, the latest episode of No Other Pod was rough. The takes were quite bad, and the quality of host without Jimmy Mack is pretty brutal. I had to talk Chris down, by the way. Chris hasn't been a part of a negative review before. Oh, uh, the first. We, I, all, we all remember our first. I said, buddy, I said, this, this doesn't matter. This, no. you, dude, we've all this, had person, this person can't wipe your ass, bud. You're fine. You know, there, to, there was negative reviews about me, you know, long ago, so I remember. Had to cheer him up a little bit, and he's like, "You're right, you're right." I'm like, "Yeah, we're, we're good, man." Uh, I'm just gonna hate. Uh, is there any chance we would see Jimmy with someone other than the usual second guy whose name is escaping me, buddy? My name's in the description of the show. You didn't, you didn't forget my name. You're just trying to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but it would be pretty hilarious if you popped up and instead of saying Daniel Kuzer in the graphic for YouTube, it said "usual second guy." It, it ought to say, uh, <laughs> "Who's my name escapes me?" I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He knows my name. He's just being a dick. You got to lean into it. It is within your right to be a dick. That's fine. But you're going to be called a dick. You're allowed. Uh, This could 100% be the best SKC podcast. Side note, false fucking is. Uh, is. But it just falls a bit flat. There are too many moments of annoyance. You know what? Is this your first rodeo? Did you just come on board? (laughs) Have you been annoyed for uh, six years, seven years, whatever it's been? I think this years? is, yeah, yeah. This is our sixth year. We started in yeah. September 2017. So is this, it's got to be a new listener being like, "Oh boy, I'm annoyed," because it's no one's listening for six years and being like, "Well, I'm just now getting annoyed." Well, and this is a thing that all podcasts get because there's always a little bit of a some banter and you talk about stuff and it's sure. not necessarily directly related for the first couple of minutes. You're catching up and whatnot. Life's busy, and that happens with just about every single podcast I listen to. So yeah, it's fine. Absolutely. I'm not. I mean, do you listen I'm to extra time radio at all? Uh, you know, this week, this week on extra time, I think you listened to uh, Kalen Kyle and, and, and David Goss talk about how they might go to a hockey game together. And we're like, what the fuck are we listening to? <laughs> but uh, but hey, I do appreciate they were passionate enough to leave a, a review. And if anybody wants to leave a review, five stars would be appreciated. Mm-hmm. But if you have criticism, constructive criticism, we'll take it. I, I got negative reviews in the past, and some of them were actually constructive. They did it in a way that they're like, hey, just to, so you know, this has happened. It can be a little bit of a turnoff. And I'm like, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. That actually makes sense. Take it. Try to get better. So if you have feedback, we'll take it. Glad, yeah. to, uh, glad to try to get it wasn't better. much. Wasn't much feedback there. Not a lot of constructiveness to, there. Except to fire Chris <laughs> and me stop being annoying. So that's yeah. tough because my wife will tell you, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you think this is annoying? Talk to Marissa. Bad deal, dude. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like spouses and partners exist to just annoy each other. Like it's, it's just part of it. 
It and when you're like, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> do it anyway. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, for the review. Even you know, maybe we'll turn them around. Turn the hater oh. into a, a fan. Yeah. So. Turn turn it get go. Yeah. Maybe they'll update it to five stars now since we ripped them. Turn that frown upside down. Um, but okay. So look, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. Let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about. <laughs> eh, I don't really want to. Um, I mean, it was a great sports weekend on the whole for Kansas City, if for no other reason than uh, they hosted the NFL draft, and it seems like it was a home run for the city. Yeah, not the businesses surrounding the draft, but well, yeah. There, there is some questions about some of the smaller local businesses, which, hey, I, I didn't go anywhere near the downtown area because I wanted to avoid those crowds, so I, I get it. But in terms of at least visibility on television and the brand of Kansas City on a national level, I think sure. it did some positive things for it. A um, little guy, man. The little guy always gets left behind. That's just the way it's going to be. Sure. And and I think there's ways to improve that and take lessons learned from the draft for the World Cup in 2026. Hopefully city leaders and business owners and chambers of commerce and whatnot can can figure out ways to, if this was the trial run, then when the world descends, not just the country, but the world descends on Kansas City uh, three years from now, hopefully there are lessons learned there. But uh, so You didn't go to the draft at all. You didn't go. I- I thought about going down there Thursday night, so so much so that Wednesday night I had a website up, I had parking reserved in my cart, getting ready to purchase it, and I had a message to my dog sitter saying, hey, sorry for the last minute request, can you watch the dog tomorrow, I'll pick her up at whatever time. Um, and then I was like, you know what, I don't like people enough, I, I think that's going to be too many people, and I decided not to do it, and then I turned on the television and I was like, I made the right decision. So I gotta be honest, you know, I don't get it. I don't get I don't get oh. going to the draft. It's not for me. I'm all about the draft. I'm a big fan. I think yeah. it's fun. It's because I'm a big college football fan, big NFL fan. So I like the world's marrying. You get to see you your stand around. Get to a new team. I would have gone for the spectacle, but I like I said, I also I got to pee a lot, and I would have been there by myself, and I would have been standing there, and I'd have to give up my spot after you know three hours of standing in one one spot. So it, you know, but I watched mm-hmm. on TV. I think there was. Plenty of KCSN coverage that was down at the draft talking about all the Chiefs picks. So I'm sure you can still go find all that coverage and uh, break down your favorite picks from the team. So, uh, but I watched on TV. It was fun. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have the MLS Super Draft next year. How about that? <laughs> we'll go. Uh, yeah. Speaking of MLS, I guess before we get to the actual MLS game that none of us want to talk about, uh, let's talk about this U.S. Open Cup game. It was mm-hmm. at home. It's our first U.S. Open Cup game of this year for Sporting Kansas City. We were playing Tulsa Athletic, an NPSL team, um, or is it NPSL or NP? Yeah, NPSL, I'm pretty sure. Sure is. almost said NPDL, but NPSL. Uh, they're a semi-pro team. Saw a picture going around Twitter. Of, Below USL. Yeah, they're like- For a reference point there. I want to say fourth division, maybe. Um, I saw a picture going around of their owner like on a lawnmower, like mowing the community field that they practice at a few times a week. It like it's a all hands on deck situation. That's cool. So Well, this was a big deal for them to come play out uh, in that environment. And it, it sucks we couldn't get more fans than a Casey Current game. No disrespect to Casey Current. It's just that's that's how it how it was. I'm not gonna lie, there were more fans at that game than I thought might show up. It, I'm not it, wanna see. It was okay. A U.S. Open Cup game in a down year for Sporting Kansas City against a semi-pro team on a Tuesday night. I did not expect more than a few thousand people there. They said tickets sold was like ten thousand, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, or the announced attendance was like nine or ten thousand. It, it, it right at nine. Seems like it was closer to in reality 
five, maybe six, just eyeballing oh. it. Uh, but I was thinking, like, if you get three or four thousand, it might be good. People showed up though. Uh, this was I was there game. for the drama. I wanted to see chaos, and they all they almost scored first. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because Pulse Camp um, gave up a penalty. Yeah, and, you know that Sporting had been dominating possession. It was like. 85, 87% possession to Sporting Kansas City. And we were just fast living, living in their end. And I think the center backs, which if you look at the lineup for that game, um, it was uh, Castellanos and Fontas were the two center backs. Uh, we had Jake Davis playing right back for the first time and Volater at the left. This was the first time Gotti Kinda started the game again. Uh, it's the first time he made an appearance in, in more than a year. He was starting. He only played 30 minutes, but he started. Uh with Remy Voltaire and Felipe Hernandez in the midfield, and then the front line was Shallowy Polito and Marino Shanice. So there were some changes, Pulse Camp and goal. Uh, we were living in their end, uh, but I think I think the back line got a little comfortable. Kept scooting up, kept scooting up, and you'd see them. They'd try and a, a ball over the top, and they just didn't quite have the skill to land it until they did. And then they landed one, and their forward, whose name, uh, Jordan Watson, escaped me, got free. Center backs weren't athletic enough to keep up with him at that time. And he tried to go around Pulse Camp, and Pulse Camp got him as penalty. You're trying to say we have center back problems? Because this is the first I'm hearing of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, it was right down in, in the end that you sit in where, where Oh, yeah. We saw it happen. Pulse Camp didn't even try to really fight it. He, you know, he knew he fouled him, but he also knew, I got to go block this shit. Like, I gave it up. I got to go block it. And boy, did he ever. And he did. And it's a damn good thing he did, because can you imagine, could you imagine the reaction if the way this season has gone, Sporting Kansas City went down 1-0 to a semi-pro team? It would have been really bad. It would have been so bad. I was there anticipating it. I was like, this is bad. We're going to be losing against this team in the first half. Yeah, and I don't know exactly what they would have done, uh, but if it were me and I... We're Tulsa Athletic, and I went up 1-0 on a penalty. Parking that bus. You best believe the emergency break is on, and we are not going anywhere. It could be 97% possession for the rest of the game. I'm putting 11 people in front of that goal, and we are not moving. Yeah. That's how cup sets happen. Sure. But thankfully, Mr. Pulskamp, and and what's interesting is uh, he he was asked about it in the postgame, and he was like, I'm be honest, it's probably a yellow card. I'm grateful the ref didn't give one, but I probably yeah. should have had one. So ten years, ten. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's a good thing that he stopped that penalty kick because it, um, it took a little while. It took a little. It took until the 32nd minute for Sporting Kansas City to get their first goal. Yeah, and you know how they stu- uh, goalkeepers study penalty kick takers, right? Mm-hmm. How much studying do you think actually? took place here against oh, this there was team. Zero. Like, where do you find film on this team? You know what I mean? Can't. So the fact that John Polskamp just freaking read the dude, mm-hmm. didn't try to guess, didn't know what that he goes one way 70% of the time, the other way 30%. He just read it and just palmed it away, dude. It was amazing. Yeah. there's. I lost it. There's no, like you said, no research that can be done. Unlike, I don't know, we're recording this on, on Monday night. I was watching the Everton game earlier against Leicester City because I'm an Everton fan. It's a terrible existence, and we're probably going to get relegated. But Jordan Pickford, he's out there trying to save a, a penalty kick, 
and on his water bottle he has the perspective penalty takers taped and their shot charts in goal on his water bottle that he keeps in goal so when he, when uh, the penalty taker steps up whether it's Vardy or someone else he can look at his bottle and be like okay 60% of the time they go to this side 20% of the time they go to the middle or whatnot mm-hmm. and he saves the penalty kick because there's research available nice. wasn't that for for pulse camp but no um, not one bit he did uh, he did his best Camellia impression and saved it, which has been a little bit of a boogeyman for, for Pulse Camp, com- at least compared to Melia so far. And uh, that kept it in the game. And then uh, Daniel Shallowy uh, finally, in the 32nd minute, was able to put one in the back of the net. Granted, it was a shot from distance, and this is a theme that we're going to talk about even through the Montreal game. Sporting Kansas City's not getting quality chances near goal. He shot it from outside the box. That's an MLS keeper. They probably make the save, but it's not. But real quick, uh, sad or surprised to even see Pulse Camp in there because it was primarily uh, a starting eleven for the yeah. most part. I mean, uh, we had some SKC two guys on the bench. Certainly didn't expect to see Polito in there, but it turns out he asked Peter to play in this game. Yep. Uh, on the plane home from the previous game, was like, yep. "I would like to play on Tuesday," and I'm surprised Peter didn't say. No. <laughs> well, Peter did say in the post game, he was like, he wasn't planned to be in this game until he asked me. And you're right. Peter kind of, I guess, was like, okay. I mean, if he, and he probably knew, I guess, that, well, yeah, Polito's probably, he's not right yet. He hasn't gotten on the score sheet. Yeah. And I think we were all hoping that maybe this could be the get right game, even if it was against, you know, people who play soccer for fun after their day jobs. Yeah. We expected like a, this was a build, this was a build confidence kind of game. You would hope. And I thought it was, too. I thought, you know, maybe we'd, I'm not saying we'd right the ship right like that, but I thought maybe we'd uh, be firing coming into the yeah. weekend, so. I would, I'm, I'm not going to lie, what I wanted to see, the the, the way I was going to feel best was I was like, I want this to be 3-0 at halftime. That's what oh, I wanted. Nice. And it was 1-0 at halftime. And <laughs> it came from a shot outside the box, and we were kind of lucky it wasn't 1-1. Or, so, there's that. Uh, Kinda played only 30 minutes, then he came out, playing sub, Ethan Bryant came in. Want to talk a little bit more about Ethan Bryant, but <clears throat> thoughts on, uh, Kinda in the first 30 minutes he's back? Yeah, I mean, good for him. Get some time in there. There were flashes. Yeah, no, 100%. I think you saw a little bit of what he can bring that's different than Eric Tommy. It's a little bit less methodical, a little bit more sort of like fast twitch, you know, spur of the moment creativity, uh, so I'm excited. Uh, we are going to talk about the second half a little bit, but first, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. We are back, and uh, we mentioned Ethan Bryant. He came in from SKC2 in around the 30th minute for Gotti Kinda. I like him. He might be the story of this game, my dude. He was fun. He was fun. Uh, Peter said at the end that he was probably the best player in the midfield, for sure. Um, just, God, he looked good. You really, I really wanted him to score, or at least assist someone score. Um just seeing these guys get a chance and, and prove themselves in the first team, uh, keep making their steps and their player development like they are. And SKC2 has been doing great. I say that now, but they just got smoked by Houston 2, 4-1 <laughs> uh, to one the other night. So, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, Ethan Bryant, he, he, he's he got a lot of hype around him. He's been doing pretty well for SKC2. He played in the USL the year before. I'm blanking on which team at the moment, but I think he had – uh, close to double-digit goals and assists for them uh, that year. So he, he's got a little bit of experience. He, I mean, he's the kind of guy who looks like there might be a chance that he gets a shot with the first team in the not-too-distant future. He's only 21 years old. Was he with uh, played with Richmond Kickers for Richmond. a bit? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And also San Antonio FC for a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's got a little bit of experience. He's not an academy kid. He comes from some other places. And the thing that impressed me most about Ethan Bryant is, yes, he's playing against NPSL players. This isn't MLS competition. Right. But he looked like he wasn't – the moment wasn't too big for him. And he came in before Sporting had scored a goal. Yeah. So he continued. He the most time out of all the youngsters. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jake Davis, I guess, technically with the full 90, but – um, out of all the low knees, I'm right? Gonna... Out of out of the the SP, SKC two call ups, which they can't get called up for MLS games because of roster rules. Peter said because I think people are like, why don't we see more Ethan Bryant uh, in in MLS games? There's some roster restrictions as to who and when you can call up, and and unless you sign them to a first team contract and how that works and whatnot. So, but you could always send your players down. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. but you can't just bring in SKC2 people for loan willy-nilly. But so, you can for U.S. Open Cup. I think 
Uh, there's different different roster rules in the Open Cup. Gotcha. So it good old MLS roster talk. It's weird. It's all kind of weird. <laughs> but Ethan Bryant, the type of guy who, if he continues to impress for SKC two, and he continues to impress in U.S. Open Cup games, because I would bet we see more Ethan Bryant in the U.S. Open Cup games for Sporting KC. Sure. By the end of this year, he might be on a first team contract. Whoa. We'll see. Big time. Big so. time uh, prediction. And and Jake Davis, I thought, did fine, too. I thought Jake Davis did really well. Uh, really held down that end and uh, was getting forward, too. Getting dangerous up there and making things happen. So, yeah, good for him. Because he did well enough to also play on the weekend. He did. There you go. He started it right back against Montreal. And I thought when he played Tulsa, he didn't try to do too much. You know, there were some moments where... Um, he he assessed his options and decided my best option is to send it back to Felipe in the midfield or cycle it around, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, and then he whipped it in when when the moment was there. So mm-hmm. um, Polito did score the second goal on the night for Sporting Kansas City. It was kind of a tap in from across uh, from the outside of the box from Daniel Shallowy. So good for Polito. That was uh, in the 54th minute. It was and not it, just a tap in though. He like had to karate stretch well, into it. Yeah, like it was. It was it was, it was enough to make you worry about his his ligament. There was like, definitely oh, skill involved. I, I yeah. it's not like he just touched the ball and went. I couldn't do what he did. We'll say that. Yeah, he definitely like got got up there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, he had to get pretty high and he redirected it on frame and whatnot. And then Marino Johnny's from a pretty drastic angle on the left side in the 68th minute iced the game. It wasn't already iced at 2-0. Yeah. Uh, so three goals in a game that's the the same amount of goals that we have uh, all season in MLS play through 10 games so we move on and now we play in Houston uh later is it this month or in May I don't May 10th Wednesday May 10th at uh, Shell Energy Stadium so we will lose that game I hate to say it in your shot yeah I mean are you predicting wins all of a sudden against MLS teams like we've done that already no reason to believe that's a possibility. No, what the hell? Uh, we've played 10 games, and Peter Vermeer says, you don't know what kind of team you are until after you play 10 games. Well, I think we can confidently say we're a team who doesn't win games. Like, that's just that way. So we just accept it, and there are two types of supporters, dude. Very mean ones, very dissatisfied ones, and ones that are just like, nah, whatever, I'm here for the shit show. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the supporters here in, in just a little bit after we talk about the Montreal game because there's a lot to talk about there. Um, but we go to Houston. I, I don't have a lot of hope, but it, if if this season continues the way it is, are you going to find any solace in the U.S. Open Cup if we can somehow make a run? Because at this point, if the season, if MLS stays as, a, as much of a disaster as it is, I don't think an Open Cup run saves it for anybody. Oh, it doesn't save it, but I'm still going to celebrate the shit out of it if it happens. You will, yeah, of course. But the Open Cup is one of those things where it's like you, you kind of dismiss if you don't win it and you celebrate it if you do win it. But there's only, for me at least, that only goes so far. Like if you are if you make it to the MLS Cup playoffs and, and maybe you lose in the first round, but you win the Open Cup, you're like, hey, at least we won a trophy. If you finish with the worst record in the history of MLS and in the lowest points that you ever had, it's real hard to point. But we won the U.S. Open Cup. Well, sure, better than nothing. But I don't want to have the worst record in the history of MLS. I would rather us focus on getting that right and not using an Open Cup run as an excuse. But we are on the verge of making history. You are correct. 
it's the worst start in MLS history through 10 games or the only team to have this few goals through 10 games. And it's the fewest points through 10 games. It's the stats are not good. Well, um, through God, all things are possible. So write that down. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're, we're going with the angels in the outfield approach and just hoping that they're going to show up and, and help us. Yeah, man. It's a, uh, it's I mean, such a weird time, bro. When you see, Oh, holy shit. When you see Johnny Russell's post-game locker room stuff and he just looks like looks like he would rather he'd rather you you journalists get the fuck out of his face. Like that's what he looked like. Like I don't want to answer these questions. I'm sad. Um you know? it, it was disheartening and we'll talk about the game here in a sec, but it was disheartening to go into the locker room. And I almost didn't go into the locker room because I was like, I don't know how many additive questions I actually have at this point because, and this was kind of Johnny's point, but like, how many times can you say the same thing? Um, but we walked in and and I was like, I like to get to Johnny and, and Gotti. Those are the two I was going for. And Johnny was just sitting there, man. And he just, he was kind of facing away from, from the media members who were in there. He just had his head in his hands and he just sat there kind of in silence for a while until someone from the club kind of went and tapped him on the back and was like, yeah, you got some people want to talk to you. And he kind of was like, what else is there to say? And, and then that's, that was the quote. Basically, if you look at what he said after the game, I don't know how you fix it. I'm going to be completely honest. We just don't look anything like the team that we were. I don't know. I genuinely don't know how to fix it. I don't really have answers for you. I really don't. That's not, I mean, he's, I've never seen Johnny Russell or any player of Sporting Kansas City as like emotionally broken as they are in that locker room. And it sucks. Because what what do you do now? You just keep trying and and see how things do not get any easier at all because this game on sat like on Saturday was the easiest one to date. It was the bot two bottom teams in each respective conference, wooden spoon battle, if you will. So mm-hmm. we're the worst. We're the worst right now. And we have to own it. Um, he did say right now none of us deserve to be wearing this jersey, which I mean, those are big words coming from your captain. And then when he was asked for the most frustrating part, this is honestly the answer that's most concerning to me because this is the one that I think is hardest to fix because it's not um, it's not something like mechanic-wise or whatnot that you can just say, ah, you're, you're leaning back when you're shooting too much, so it's going over, or, you're, or you're, you're hitting it too hard and you're putting too much spin on it or whatnot. But when he was asked what the most frustrating part of this run is, he said, leaking goals, not being able to score goals, constantly losing games, we start well, something happens, then we make a mistake, and everybody's heads go down. You just feel it. The confidence drains immediately, and it's so hard to get yourself out of that when you're in that situation. We don't seem to be creating anything going forward. Obviously, that's on me. We just look like we lack imagination, creativity, final product, all of it. We don't look anywhere near it right now. And when you have... the, the That's where his quote ends, and, and this is my take on it, I guess. When you're saying something like, I don't know, there is just no confidence and it drains immediately the second something bad happens, 
that's where I start to worry that it might not be fixable this year. Yeah, I mean, didn't didn't Johnny also say uh, no one else should be wearing our jerseys either? Like, we don't deserve to have fans wear our jerseys? Well, no, he he, he didn't say that. Uh, really? I thought that was a quote somewhere. No, so he was asked about the fans' frustrations, and he says they've continued to support us. Unfortunately, it's not always good times. They've always stuck by us. I hope they still do. Even tonight, you see them still there at the end. That's a credit to them because it can't be fun for them going through this. They're hurting as well. It's not just us. They feel it. I thank them for sticking with us, but it's up to us to show up, to show them something. Right now, none of us deserve to be wearing the jersey. We need to figure it out. We need to figure it out fast, or this is going to spiral out of control, which I think it already has. But yeah. <laughs> so he said that within the answer of the fans. So yeah, I, I could see how there is an interpretation of that, but I think he just meant the players. I think he's trying to be kind to the fans, but um, let's take one more break and then we'll talk about a couple of these goals that happened in Montreal, I guess, just because they're a disaster. And then we'll, we'll see what needs to happen from there, but we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Casey sports network. We'll be right back after this. Entertain, educate, inform, KC Sports Network. And we are back. Um, You know, this game, Montreal was sitting at six points coming in. Um, We were sitting at three. I said last week this was probably a must-win game because if you can't beat Montreal at this point at home, what are you doing? They had a bunch of injuries, and this was there for the taking. This was, dude... This had everything in it. Like, it was like, let's do this damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, double up on that success off from Tuesday. Come on in. Let, let's go. Get it, get it done early. Yep. God yeah. Dang, man. Just, fuck. It's just so frustrating. And if you if you make us talk for a whole hour on this, I swear to God, this we cannot go a whole hour on this <laughs> shitty game. It's I'm, so sad, bro. I'm not going to make us talk for an hour on this game. I do want to talk about a, a couple of the, the goals that happened because – I don't really understand what is going on with, with some of these uh, decisions yeah. by players on the field. Uh, but the lineup, I mean, this is also what's what's somewhat disheartening, is it's close to a first-choice lineup at this point. There's, the injuries oh, aren't really an excuse anymore. Polito's in there. Eric Tommy's in there. We have Danny Rosero, the new center back, was there. Tim Melia was in there. We have a real left back in Logan and Denbe. Johnny Russell's in there. Daniel Shallowy. I mean, I guess you could nitpick and say okay roger he sh- maybe shouldn't be a starter anymore jake davis okay you're missing graham zussi but i don't i don't think nemanja radoya or graham zussi stop what happened on saturday night against montreal unfortunately it's bigger than that not at all dude it's just like whenever goals happen where are our center backs mm-hmm. they're nowhere to be found someone was pushing up too far mm-hmm. and got caught Someone kept them on sides, mm-hmm. and it's just game after game that's happening too. Yep. We've known we've had this center back problem since we lost Matt Beasler and Icopara. Yeah, this has been an issue for years, and we aren't addressing it at all. Yeah, it's it's a center back problem. I think some of it was a midfield uh, work rate problem too. If you look at the first game that Montreal scored in the 35th minute, so they have the ball in the middle of the field. I'm watching the highlight right now above my screen. So they pass it toward the middle of the field. Um, and then as they, they kick it up, Robert Voliter is pulled to the near side of the field, the press box side. Uh, Danny Rosero is almost in 
a right back position at this point because Jake Davis has pushed up. So now you have basically Rosero in the right back position, Volader in the right center back position, and Denbe's playing catch up on the left side. And so you have two Montreal players who are running free down the middle of the field. And that's where I'd like to see Remy Voltaire, Eric Tommy, Roger Espinoza, somebody run and cover because Volader had to slide over. And by the time Volader slid over and Denbe can't cover two people at once, boom, 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 pass, pass, pass. Suddenly it's a wide open shot on goal. Montreal scores like they're playing kindergartners. Well, go ahead and try to tell me that this is a problem with injuries or a problem with not having our best players. Newsflash, we had all our designated players out there. All of them. Oh, we're just gonna, we, oh, we'll be better when Gotti Keen is there. Well, he's there. We'll be better when Polito's better. He's better. Well, Johnny has a little hamstring thing going on. Not anymore. So, like, that's no longer an excuse. So we have to try to find other excuses, and I can't anymore. We have to just say, we've lost the step. MLS has passed us by. We do not keep up with the, the, the pace of the league. And Danny Rosero, I'm sorry, bro, that you had to come to this country and be on this team because now you're a loser. We're all well, losers. He had a, a, you know, a yellow card that I think one could classify as, as silly. I know he was trying to stop a quick restart, yeah, but he, he went hard into the Montreal player to earn an unnecessary yellow pretty early on in the game. Yeah, so now he's playing on eggshells all game, trying not to get a second yellow. Right. and But it's like he's in this team. We're in trouble, dude, and he's part of it. Volader came off at the half. I guess I'm, I'm wondering if it had something to do with this first goal that was scored. Or the uh, second one. <laughs> well, it could be the second one, too, because, yeah, then the second one happens um, just before halftime in the 45th minute. And, again, Montreal is just passing all over the place. Volader uh, very well could be the second one. I'm watching it now. He just kind of has a ball go right by him in the box, and nobody gets any sort of coordinated. Uh, it goes right past Rosero, and then – it's just tapped in, and now it's 2-0 at halftime, and you knew as soon as that second one went in, that was the game. There's no coming. The horrendous boos after the halftime whistle. Uh, the people leaving early, like 60, 70 minutes in. Like, it was done deal, dude. People are mad, and rightfully so. And I think you just got to, if you're mad, stop paying the money. Mm-hmm. Go, stop filling the seats. Make it look bare on TV. Do what you got to do. I, I hear a lot of people saying, like, let's go to the games and let's turn our backs to the field for, like, 15 minutes. And I'm like, well, I paid money to watch this sport that I enjoy. Sure. So <laughs> It was at uh, after the second goal, just before halftime, uh, I believe, where for the first time this year, you heard an audible Vermes out chant coming from the Casey Cauldron. I saw a guy with a sign at one point a couple games ago. This was the first time I was sitting in the press box on the south stand side, and I could hear it. I don't, could you hear it from from your end? Ish. Ish. And there was a little. There was something. I had to pretty much look on Twitter to see what it was. But okay, it, it didn't carry as well as you know one might have thought. But. Okay, I, I don't. I don't think it was the majority of the cauldron that did it. I, but it was a noticeable section, and I could hear it from where I. Granted, I'm. They were kind of yelling at my direction because I'm kind of behind the bench from yeah. from where they are. Um, dude, but our, what happens if you fire our coach? What happens? Well, that's the problem. And then after the game, or almost at the end of the game, um, it escalated from Vermes out to uh, the, the chant that normally and normally goes, um, "Hey, whoever, it's all your fault." That's yeah. Oftentimes, chants that the opposing team's goalkeeper after giving up a goal. Yeah. They started chanting, 
hey, Vermees, it's all your fault over and mm-hmm. over again. And they were pointing at him and yelling at him. And and I think there's blame there, obviously, as the coach and sporting director. I think there's blame throughout the organization, probably. Yeah. Um, he can't but, make them be more athletic. He can't make Volader not miss assignments like that. No. This is but, the players, too, man. Sure. Now, the counter to that would be, but he was the one who chose the players to come here. So I guess. That, and that, that's that's where this gets hairy, is I don't think there's any... There's not one fix. It's not, oh, this player needs to be better, or, oh, this coach needs to be better. It's a, It feels like it's a systemic problem at this point. You scrap you scrap the whole team, and you rebuild next year. You, I mean, you, it's what sucks. it kind of seems like, it does suck. What happens if you get rid of Peter? Carries of Agnan steps in, who is a freaking clone of Peter Vermees and his system? Yeah, that like, that, that is the problem. Um, I like, let me do a side note here. I liked Casey Curran's new coaching change. Because it's someone who just came in out of nowhere. Matt yeah. Potter didn't know that person. Yeah, she came in and and uh, is a newbie. And it's now the way probably different. The current one about the process of firing him a coach. I would hope Sporting would do it a little bit cleaner than the current did. Four hours before a game, and then leaving their players out to try to answer some questions before the GM did. Yeah, but obviously that documentary. It's <laughs> awesome. But uh, this is, I mean, this is the crux of the debate amongst. Sporting Kansas City fans is how much leeway does past success buy you in the case of Peter Vermees? And if you are somebody who thinks club needs to move on, how much leeway or how much understanding do you have then of the cycle that that will kick off? Because this isn't going to be a situation where you move on from Vermees and next year there's a new coach and suddenly we're competing for MLS Cup. Well, another month of no victories could very much see Peter on the outs. I mean, if you get to the end of May and we're we're still here, like I, Peter might only, wish he took that national team job. There's only so long. I mean, I guess I'm I'm not an owner. I can't speak for the owners. I would think if they care about the club, there's only so long that the excuse of what well, we just signed him to a five year extension can last that I you people on this podcast know I was the the first one saying at the start of this year I see very little chance that Peter Vermees is let go this year because they just signed him to a five-year extension and the buyout and all everything like it logistically it probably won't work but I also didn't anticipate that would be 10 games in with with on a historically bad pace with zero wins it the problem the club is facing now is it's it's going from anger to apathy you're having supporters vocally cheer things that people said they could hear on the broadcast, which is going to start embarrassing the club on a national level. Oh, yeah. Um, you had national reporters jump into the post-game press conference via Zoom for the first time and ask Peter about his job security. Pablo Mar from The Athletic was on there and asked Peter how he felt, how secure he felt in his role. That's never happened in the time that I've been covering the team. And you have supporters who are now getting into altercations in the stands because they're disagreeing with how supporters are reacting to this. And and that's not necessarily for the club to police. That's a thing that the cauldron kind of has to figure out itself. But also it's kind of something that the club has to police because it's indicative of the environment that's being built around the club. You want, you want to talk about that for a quick second? Like, can we all yeah. just whirl the hell up? Like, I, yeah, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to name specific people or anything. Don't because... have to. There Just are. take care of people. Be right. safe. Be kind. 
don't yell and definitely don't bully people online. Like yeah, there's everyone's of- cheering differently. Everyone's grieving differently over this team. Yeah. Grieving like we're losing them for life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does not to be over dramatic, but it does kind of feel like the death of a era of the club. And so we, bit. we are grieving in some way, but yeah, there's people who I think it's it's well within a supporters group rights to to appropriately voice their displeasure with the direction of the club. And I'm not going to say that chanting is or isn't the right way. That's not for me to decide. Um, but don't be mad at people that do it differently than you, though. That's that's like freaking bigotry 101, right? You look differently than me, so I'm going to make fun of you. You think differently than me, so I'm making fun of you. Why are we making fun of each other? Yeah, it's um, I I I think they have to figure this out and figure out how do they want to present themselves as a unit. It's a challenge for the cauldron. They haven't faced this before. They haven't had to do what other supporters groups have done, which is basically make a statement publicly against the direction of the club. Yeah, good point. Things have been good, really, for the last decade or so, generally speaking. And so now they're faced with something they've never had to face before. And Cauldron leadership it's, is not who it was before. They certainly haven't had to deal with this before. And so they probably are now trying to catch up and didn't realize the discord that was growing among their own ranks. And so now, yeah, where some people are saying, hey, we cannot yell fire Vermese because we're the supporters group. And you have another camp that's saying we're the ones who should be yelling this because if we don't care enough about it to demand change, then who does? I can see both sides, and what I don't want is for those two sides to end up fighting with each other in the stands. Yeah, buddy, because there's way worse problems in the world. Like, uh, Children's Mercy Park got rid of the Beyond Burger. Travesty. <laughs> it's a travesty. You need to show up with a sign that says, uh, bring back the Beyond Burger. Bring back the Beyond Burger. I could go get a greasy-ass veggie sausage that's not even good, but that Beyond Burger came with lettuce and tomato, my friend. Yeah. That was a hell of a time. So if you were in charge of the cauldron and, and, you know, and you know that you have a growing number of people who are understandably frustrated, but then you also have a portion of your membership that's like, we if we're going to voice displeasure, we can't do it in this way. We have to figure out another. How do you wrangle these differing opinions and, and do something? Because I don't think they can do nothing. I think they have to do something. But what, what would you do if you're in charge of the cauldron and you, you're gathering all these ideas for stuff that you need to do man because that's what they're doing right now right they are in the process of this um i i just keep going back to the the first thing is just to be nice to people everyone's different right we all think differently talk differently um what are you doing making fun of someone for maybe having too many beers or something or falling down or whatever like you've never fallen down when you had too much to drink relax uh, I don't know the story. I don't know everything behind that. We don't know the details, yeah. I don't know shit. But I think that uh, what is the cauldron supposed to do? Are they supposed to make some grand statement and be like, we no longer support the club until they win? I mean, What's the, the plan? The LA Galaxy supporters group, the Riot Squad, basically put out a letter to the president, Chris Klein, saying we're not supporting the direction that you're taking the club, and here's why. And then he responded... Yeah. With a letter of his own saying, if we don't make the playoffs by the end of the year, then I'll step out. So I do think there is some power in supporters groups using their voice. Um, so why not do that then? We're in a worse place than LA Galaxy are. I think that's a perfectly fair request. If you're a, a, a Cauldron supporter and you decide that's what you think the Cauldron should do, 
I, I, I mean, you can go on there. Chris Klein are friends, right? Yeah. They, they were teammates. teammates. Yeah. Yeah. So you think they talk about like how bad they are? <laughs> I'm sure they commiserate about things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know on what level of detail. He's like, but, I mean, Pablo Mauer phoned in, you know? <laughs> I, I think if, if, for nothing else, for the sake of the cauldron itself, they need to get on the same page and figure something out. But the club itself, this is where I fault the club some. They shouldn't have to wait at this point, and we've been banging this drum for the past couple of weeks. They shouldn't have to wait for the cauldron to say, hey, this isn't acceptable. I would love to see, you know, Peter for the first time this week um, was a little bit more candid uh, when he said that uh, the responsibility is on him, which I think is, in some ways, he would probably say, yeah, it goes without saying. But uh, when he was asked for his thoughts on the match, he said, um, I think we gave up two goals in the first half. I don't think we've created enough quality chances. I don't think we're sharp enough with the different players that are out there. I understand it's not good enough. The responsibility is on me. I get it. So I think that was a little bit of a response to some of the criticism where it's he people have wanted him to take some responsibility. And and so that's him trying um, in a small step. Yeah. Uh, but he then went on to say, and I think this is the biggest indictment of the offense too, there are simply no quality chances being created within the box. They're all crosses or prayers from outside the box. Yeah, zero chances. So it it might be that the reboot button needs to be hit. What does that look like? I don't know. I mean, But, you know, I would like to see a statement. I will continue to say this week after week, I guess, until it happens. I would well, like who, to see a statement. Jake Reed? Jake Reed from the president, from the ownership group, just to acknowledge that, like, hey, we know it's not good enough. We made this commitment to the club when we bought them in 2009, whatever year it was, and, and we expect to bring a championship culture to this club, and it's not there right now, and, and we're going to ensure that we will take the appropriate steps to make sure it returns. Even if you just say that, it's an acknowledgement that things aren't going right. How's this for an acknowledgement? The uh, person who runs the social sure did acknowledge it before the Montreal game by saying it's not it's not a sprint it's a marathon yeah well, I damn it how many more miles of this motherfucker <laughs> i will say i feel bad for the person who runs sporting kansas city social media because they are not in charge of the club decisions they're not in charge of the roster decisions they are a person doing a job they have a communications degree of some sort i assure you <laughs> so yeah I, and i get people want to voice their frustration but if you're if you're being rude or mean to the person behind the sporting kc handle they are not the ones who are making the, the decisions here. They are Check trying to comments? earn a paycheck and make a living. So I would encourage people to find other avenues to voice their displeasure. Similarly, if you are a season ticket member, and I saw Mike Kuhn highlighted this on Twitter because he saw a post on Reddit, please, by all means, if you want to cancel your season tickets, I think that is probably one of the most effective ways you can voice your displeasure if that is something you choose to do. And I think it's appropriate if you choose to do that to tell your season ticket rep why you're doing it. But please don't be mean to your season ticket rep. Please don't demand answers on the coaching decision from your season ticket rep. Saying, emailing them and saying, hey, let me know when the new coach is going to be announced this morning or this afternoon. Like they, they, what, what, they're not going to answer you. That's not their decision. So just, be kind to the sporting staff members that you interact with because they're not the ones who are the reason that it is where it is, is all that. That's my PSA for the day. 
If you ever got some time to kill, though, a lot of dummies like to comment on Facebook. Well, <laughs> welcome to Facebook. The hell of a time. The hell of a read. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. This just, um, it sucks. And now we turn to playing the Seattle Sounders in Seattle, who are one of the better teams in MLS. Uh, they tied RSL in their most recent game. They almost lost to the San Diego, uh, is it the, the Wave? Which one is it? No, that's the women's team. Um, what's the San Diego? They played somebody in the, the U.S. Open Cup that I'm, I'm blanking um, on the name of, but they won 5-4, to four, so they, they moved on uh, there. But there's no reason to expect that San Diego Loyal. Um, there's no reason to expect that we're going to go get a point on the road in, in San Diego. Last time we played the Sounders, Jordan Morris scored four goals on us. Yeah. And they weren't even yeah. full strength. They had people missing was, for the international window. And that was at home. And that was at home. So, uh, let's, oh boy, just strap in. It's going to be a blast. So, it's um, it's a, it's a rough one right now. And I... I don't necessarily see light at the end of this tunnel, and and that sucks. Um, I am curious to see how bad this gets before some sort of move or statement or something is made. A dejected Johnny Russell publicly saying, I don't know what to do anymore, is not a good look. Um, Not good at all. Supporters fighting in the stands, not a good look. I don't know who it was because I obviously wasn't watching uh, MLS season pass, but it, I assume it was either Bradley Wright Phillips or Sasha Kleston on MLS 360, but one of them said, uh, quote, this is not the Sporting Kansas City I played against. It used to be a hard day when you played against Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. So this is, you know, this Dude, is a problem. Everyone's excited now. Everyone's excited to play us. Uh, you know, we're going to Seattle, and Seattle's sitting there like, like, let's get it. Yeah, it's, it's just bullying us, man. It's gonna happen. It's it's bad. It's um, it's not fun right now. And and sure, mathematically, you could say there's still this hope or that hope or whatnot. But sure, there, but there's no there's no empirical evidence that this team has shown to say okay. that they will do it. Could they do it? Yes. Are they talented enough to do it? Yes. Never say never. There's always a chance. I would love nothing more than for us to be here a month or two from now and be like, wow, we went on a four-game win streak and suddenly we're at that playoff line or whatnot. It's possible. And then Peter Vermees might be vindicated a little bit. And But I, I, but the, I think there are still problems that need to be addressed in the long term, even if that happens. Dude, there are playoffs to get into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. us making that play-in game is not outside the realm of possibility, but I can confidently say we aren't winning MLS Cup. Like, maybe we mess around and squeeze into the playoffs. I don't know. I'm not going to confidently say we're out of this thing because we're not. But uh, we need to go on a, on a stretch of games, and it needs to happen soon. We yeah. got to go on some wins, pull out some results, because uh, this team ain't getting it done, man. And it makes no sense. Because our front three are freaking ballers, dude. I still think on paper, I've said it before, I still think on paper it's it should be the most talented, at least starting 11, that we have. But the sum of this team... Your paper? You buying clearance? Recycled paper? Under business. Uh, the sum of this team is less than its parts, and that's an indictment, yes, of the strategy of the coaching staff, of the technical staff, of the players, and it's an indictment of everybody. And... Um, 
I don't know. How long are, are, is a player like Eric Tommy going to want to stick around? I know he's new to the club, but if I mean, if it's if it's a year in and and we're just going straight downhill, is he going to want to say, "Hey, why am I doing this? I don't want to be here anymore." Uh, Look, they can do. This is like a, a TV show, and it's like tune in next week. Shit's going to get crazy, or there's going to be a turnaround. Like they can rewrite this story. They can write this story right now. Sure. They can dig deep and really have a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. That'd be wild. It, it would be, and it would make for great content on MLS Season Pass. Be a hell of a time. You know there are cameras around. Oh yeah, but it's uh, I don't know, man. I just like I said, there there hasn't been anything to indicate to us that that is a a realistic possibility. So at this point, we're on pace for the worst season in the history of MLS. Woo! Um, I think we probably won't end up being the worst season in the history of MLS if I were a betting person, but I also wouldn't bet on us to make the playoffs right now because there's no reason to believe that we will. So we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to come back next week and have a shock win on the road against the Seattle Sounders. I just think it's more likely we lose 6-0 than it is that we uh, beat the Sounders on the road, unfortunately. But we'll see. Excited to watch. So... But we do appreciate those of you who are, are are sticking around and still listening to us. We would love to hear from you. If you are a Cauldron member or, or, or you are a fan, a season ticket member, if you've never been to a game, but you're a fan who listens and watches and cares about this club, you can tweet us at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMax03. Um, you can email us, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Email is a great way to get a hold of us if you have ideas that you want to say or this is what you think the cauldron should do or the south stand should do or supporters should do let us know sort of where you're at with this club and your fandom right now uh we'd love to hear from some of you and know sort of what your point of view is with this club going forward because i think for most of us many of us who are fans of this club this isn't something we've experienced in in the majority of our fandom there's been times obviously under the wizards era where they were not good but this is different for the sporting Kansas City team. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's what we got this week. It, this would, dude, I'd feel so different if we had like a win or two peppered mm-hmm. into this whole game. But mm-hmm. 10 without a victory just feels disheartening. So different. So, uh, you know, you said you wouldn't make me talk about this damn team for an hour. And uh, you, almost tri- two. you almost tricked me. <laughs> you almost had me. But uh, thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet left us a five-star rating and review, we appreciate five-star ones. We'd love to get a good review. Uh, let us know, and we'll, and we'll read it on there. Um, shoot us those messages. Shoot us those emails, nootherpod at gmail.com. Check us out, KCSN Soccer on YouTube. You can check out all the KCSN uh, podcasts and videos on the KCSN app, so make sure you download that for iOS and Android and check out the other KCSN podcasts as well. Uh, and, hey, at least the KC Current are on a little win streak. So you'll be back with our boy Chris Wright talking Casey Current later this week on Currently. And who knows, a year from now, they just might overtake Sporting Kansas City as the main soccer club that people are paying attention to in Kansas City with their new stadium, with their form, the players they're bringing in. There's some good things happening with Casey Current. <laughs> so, well, thank you all very much. We'll talk at you next week. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. Please don't kill us, Seattle. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. 
covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus, KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.